Hello, and welcome to Writer's Group Therapy. I'm Tom. And I'm Roshni. We're writers helping writers with whatever writing ailments you might have. Whether it's related to your craft or your career, we can help. Are you ready for your session? The The doctors doctors are are in. in. Today, we've got Richie Billing on our show. Richie is a fantasy author. His debut, Pariah's Lament, was released in March of 2021. He's also a fellow podcaster. His podcast is called The Fantasy Writer's Toolshed, which is a spinoff of his book, The Fantasy Writer's Handbook. He's an editor, digital marketer, and creative writing teacher, and one of his short fiction stories was adapted for BBC Radio. Welcome to the show, Richie. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. Yay! So... We'll just start with the basics. Tell us how you got into writing. Well, I was, I was thinking about it before, actually, because I get asked this question all the time. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I never really wanted to be a writer. Uh, I think I discovered... Me too. I, oh, my I, gosh. That's yeah, so funny. <laughs> I just kind of discovered that I quite liked it when I was in college and I was doing all essays and I was just avoiding exams like the plague and I'd just be doing essays because that's what I was seemed to be good at. And then when I left college I was kind of missing that sort of project writing project I just found the process of creating something using words really satisfying and as I sort of meandered through those next few years um, I was reading a lot of fantasy and when you read these books that this you probably know it yourself uh, you, you too if you you've read books that have changed your life or have had some kind of big impact on you it's um it's a really powerful feeling and it's something that I've kind of wanted to give back. I want to wanted to try to anyway. Um, and I just decided to try writing and I fell in love with it. And it's become a bit of an obsession now, to be honest, a bit of a problem. <laughs> I love that it was from essay writing. Like not, not like, oh, I wrote a short story for like an English class. You're like, I write essays and I discovered I liked this. Yeah. Because it was law, I used to do law, so that was obviously quite dull, writing about essays, about law and stuff like that, but I think I carried on, I was a lawyer for a few years, and one of the, the big parts of a case is telling the story of the of the, your client, mm. um, and what the particular type of law I was doing, it was industrial disease, so we had to sort of delve back in time to what people's workplaces were like and what they were doing on a day-to-day basis like 30 40 years ago and you, you're basically writing out uh, a sort of story for this person's life or work history anyway and I suppose that kind of storytelling I, I really enjoyed um it's not always the most interesting <laughs> <laughs> so that's why fiction is uh, is great because you've got the freedom to just go in whatever direction you fancy which I think is funny because you have this law background. I guess the assumption would be like you wanted to be John Grisham, but you decided on fantasy instead of like law thrillers. How come? Yeah, so that's really that as well. The other day, actually, it's like, how come you don't write anything to do with, to do with law? And it's just, I don't know. I, I was always kind of wanting to escape that environment <laughs> rather than explore it. Um, but I have used a lot of legal stuff like i'm currently writing something at the minute and um one of the scenes is from the perspective of a trade union man and it's all to do with like factories and workers rights and i found that quite interesting um so yeah i i do i think probably as time goes on 
I will include more legal stuff. I might even go back and do a, some kind of fantasy law drama. <laughs> That's That'd be cool. So, <laughs> yeah, that seems so weird because, like you said, you didn't want you you didn't set out to be a writer, and now you also teach creative writing, correct? Yeah. Well, this is it's something that I've always found a lot of satisfaction in. Is just if I learn something and I can wrap my head around it. One of the things I like to do to truly get to a proper understanding of it is be able to explain it to other people in a simpler way. Um, so, like, for example, just going back to the law stuff. So uh, when you're looking after your clients, you've got to translate what these legal jargon words mean. And sometimes it was quite complex and we're dealing with hearing loss. So I always remember I had to try and explain how hearing loss worked in the context of like exposure to noise at work. And it used an elastic band to show them that. And people enjoyed it so much. Like I think that sort of showed me that you can just basically take information in that's quite complex and then gain an understanding of it yourself and then just put it back out there in a way that is much more friendly to people. Um, and yeah, I get a lot of satisfaction out of it. And that's basically what I do with writing. I just find things that are really useful. Um, I've spent, spent a bit of time studying them, practicing, getting to grips with them and trying to master them as much as possible. And then just telling people about it and sort of giving something back all the time. That's what I try and do. Is that where you came up with the idea for your podcast, the Fantasy Writers Toolshed? Yeah, it is, yeah. I think the audio, I never, growing up, I used to listen to a lot of podcasts before podcasts were even really a thing. And then I stopped listening to them. <laughs> and then the podcast explosion happened. And then I sort of went back to it and realized that, again, that people consume information in such a, a different way when it's like when it comes to audio when you can u- utilize time that is otherwise like poorly spent by like listening to something useful like a podcast and it's just another way of, of connecting with people and it seems to have worked anyway because people seem to listen to it <laughs> I don't I, I never really like set out off with any sort of expectations and there's been quite a few times that I've just that felt like just stopping it because it, it uh, you, you guys will probably know that it does take a lot of time um, to do these things. And there's obviously there's not a lot of financial gain in it for, for people. So <laughs> I'm sure that the, the listeners need to appreciate that we do it because we love doing it. Yeah. Seven um, years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This. And we, we do it because we love it and it's, it's a passion and mm-hmm. helping people and like passing things, information on to them. That is probably one of the main motivators behind doing podcasts like this so yeah what kind of topics do you talk about on the fantasy writers tool shed talk about all kinds to be honest it has to be to do with writing of course but we do like book marketing as well and but like last few guests i've had some quite interesting people so obviously when you're creating fantasy worlds you need to create things like religions and um, histories and stuff like so I've had historians on but I had a, a Norse shaman on quite recently that was an interesting uh, topic of conversation and probably one of my favorite interviews was with a, a former FBI special agent who's also a world-renowned expert in body language and it, 
I decided that I wanted to cover the topic of body language, particularly in the context of writing, because it's such a, a powerful way to show emotions or like how people are, f- are feeling or what they could be about to do um, without really telling the reader, because that's a big thing, isn't it? One of them things is show, not tell. And I find body language is a great way to overcome that. So I thought I'd get, get a body language expert on. I just did a bit of research and found that he was a pretty popular figure in that um, field. And yeah, it's, it, it was a great interview. So yeah, uh, so I've got anything to do with writing. That is cool. Before we get into the nitty gritty of your current novel, going back a little bit, because we know you are a creative writing teacher, what are some newbie mistakes you see people do? Or common mistakes. I think one of the the biggest thing that I've seen recently is that people have started drafting and then stopping. Like they get hung up on things. And I think it's quite a common thing because I remember doing this myself when I started drafting a novel. You start you get so far and then you reach a point and you think, Is that is that is actually any of this any good? <laughs> oh you no start, you start picking apart everything that you've written um and then you start going back and trying to edit it and you just completely lose your momentum and one of the best things to do when you're starting out is just to get the draft out and to yeah. finish the project and like short stories are great for that because you can nail them quite quickly so i think novel going for a novel is quite a difficult first step if you're getting started out with writing but yeah a lot of um, common mistakes by newer writers seem to be starting uh, a project, stopping partway through it, questioning everything, having a bit of an existential existential crisis, and then <laughs> um, giving up. Whereas just focus, just the the task with the first draft is just to get to the end and to tell you tell yourself the story, and then editing is for fixing it all and. I think it's easier then when you've got something to work with. You can think, all right, this sentence doesn't quite work. What is wrong with it? All right, there's lots of adjectives in there. So if you don't really know how to use adjectives, then you'd go away and you'd research like, oh, I'm not really meant to use these that much. Um, and go back and you'll edit it and you'll fix things. And you can look at sentence structures and all the nitty gritty things of writing, which, uh, yeah, it's it's not always easy. <laughs> And you have so many resources for writers besides the, you know, obviously you teach it, you have the book, you have the newsletter, which I'm in your newsletter. So thank you. That's, I found it very helpful. You have your discord. I mean, how did all this get started and how long has it been going on? I think it's probably been going on for a while now, maybe about five years. And oh, wow. it just, you just, you just add to it gradually. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the discord the, um, community, that is probably maybe even within the last year. And we originally had a Facebook group, and Facebook has just gone so weird. I don't, I don't really like Facebook to be honest. Um, so I, I was looking for an alternative, and people were telling me Discord, so just give it a go, and that has blew up. Uh, and it's brilliant to see people connecting with each other and making friends and setting up writing groups. Like we've got all these critique groups now. There's about maybe ten of them. There's about four or five people in each one, and they all meet at different times. Um, they're all focused around different people's time zones and the genres of the stories that they're writing. 
that all just happened organically. Um, and I, I was talking to someone about it last night. I was saying it's crazy how it all happened, but I, I don't really feel like I've done an awful lot. I've sort of been the facilitator rather than anything else. And other people have come along and, and gotten involved. And I've met some really lovely people in that writing group, like people that you consider friends, um, even though you never met them. You talk to them all the time and you've got a lot in common. It's quite a special thing, yeah. The Discord community, what's it called and how many members do you have? Um, it's called the Richie Billings Community of Writers, I think. It's a bit of a rubbish name. I need to change that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you have to join through my mailing list and then you'll get a link to join. Um, so I can send you a link and maybe you can put it in the description. Sure, if absolutely. If anyone wants to join. Um, and I think there's about maybe just under, Roshni might know, actually, it might be just under 500. That's oh, wow. I didn't even know there was that many. I knew there was a lot, but like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I set up a Discord community once. It's not easy. That's kind of convoluted, yeah. and, uh, especially if you're not a technical person. And I am, and I still thought it was a little confusing, but that's great that you have a good community growing there. Um, are they all fantasy writers or the people from all, all different walks? No, there's all different um, types of stories there, different types of writers. That's what makes it so um interesting i think because if everyone's writing in the same genre yeah it's good if you write in that genre but you, there's a lot to learn from other genres like you can if someone wants to write a more of a, a crime novel there's, there's certain conventions that you need to follow and the ways you structure your stories and stuff like that so there's stuff to learn from everybody and that's why it's open to everybody so let's talk a little bit about Pariah's Lament. It's your uh, debut novel. It was published by Of Metal and Magic Publishing in March of 2021. And when I was reading it, I noted at the beginning, there's a note to readers, that this is part of uh, of Metal and Magic core series. So there is like a pre-built world, sort of. You have to explain how this works. So your story is, it's your own story. It's a unique story, but it takes place in a world that that already exists that that has kind of been written to already yeah that, that is exactly it yeah and it's a, a concept that i struggled with a little bit at the start so i was writing all my ideas down i was like yeah that sounds really good i'm gonna do that i'm gonna try this and then i'd go to the publisher and say these are the ideas i've had and they'd be like no you can't do any of it oh really <laughs> so it was quite frustrating but once you finally got the framework that was compliant. I was a lot happier. <laughs> and then um, it makes it, makes it a lot easier then to connect the, all the dots with everybody else's stories too. So, yeah, it's um, it, it feels like a long time ago now, 2021, when it came out. Um, but it's it's become quite relevant again because the audiobook's coming out in October. Ah, cool. So, um, yeah, audiobooking is... is a new world to me as well. Um, but Roshni has been telling me a little bit about it, so I don't feel as daunted. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, speaking of the audiobook, how involved are you in that in that creative process? I'm assuming you got to listen to the auditions and stuff, right? Yeah, I, ju- I was just literally, I was the equivalent of Simon Cowell, I suppose, in American Idol, just watching <laughs> the auditions and listen to, or listening to the auditions and there were some really, really good people. It was quite hard to pick, to be honest. And oh, 
it's quite it's really impressive like all these um narrators and audio artists out there who are getting stuck into the audiobook world and it's it's great for writers because I, I'm not a great reader. <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> that anyone even listens to my podcast, to be honest, with my voice. But <laughs> it's um, it's great to have be able to partner up and build a team, and like especially with a narrator. So yeah, I highly recommend it to anyone. That's cool. How did you know that a certain narrator was the right one to tell your story? I think you've got to kind of look at the vibe of your story. So mine's quite gritty. There's a lot of intense fight scenes and you want a voice that lends itself to that, I suppose. Uh, if it's a romance, you might want a, like a different kind of voice, a bit more of a um, an attractive voice, I suppose. But I wanted to go for more of a gritty, dramatic voice. So I think... Did you have them read uh, frog language, frogman language? <laughs> did they have no. to come up with like cl- clicking sounds and stuff no do you know what i didn't mention anything to do with that i just thought that is a, that's too hard like i can barely do that the clicking thing is it was an interesting one and um, a few people asked me about why how would you even do it <laughs> the the words that i did put in i made sure that i could at least do so uh. that wasn't wasn't out of the question <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a bit about your publishing journey how did you find the publisher for prize lament i'm assuming did you work in tandem with the other authors or you guys just all got your prompts and that's it no so i was friends with a guy called justin malzak or jm williams as is uh as otherwise goes by and he was already working with the publisher and he had a book out with them and he was involved in creating this shared universe and he was, or the publisher was looking to expand that. And he um, recommended that I submit or so came up with a few ideas and submitted to them. And fortunately enough, they liked it. And then we just worked together then. Um, the draft I had was quite rough and, that was that was probably a good thing because I had to change an awful lot of it to fit in with the framework and and the the rest of the other uh, the stories that had already been published too. So it was it took the editing took about eighteen months. It was a long time getting that out there, and the publisher that we were originally with was called Fiction Vortex, and they went under in the middle of the pandemic. Ooh. So just. Ouch. Justin managed to um, take all the contracts and honour them and set up Of Metal and Magic. And it, it's been growing really well. They've published quite a lot of books and the reception's been great to, to what they have been doing. It's, I think the shared universe concept is really appealing to people uh, because if they finish a book by one author and they really like that world, they can dive into a completely different book by a completely different author, but you're going to see all these references and all the same kind of places. So, yeah, I think as time goes on and more stories populate that world, it's going to be really, really interesting for readers. Yeah, it reminds me of, I used to read a lot of uh, Star Trek novels. And if you like the the overall world that things live in, you can pick up books by a dozen different authors and 
you get, you know, a similar, you know, some you might like better than other, but you get the same, the same universe. It's easy to get into them, but you have also, it creates a larger volume of material that you can enjoy. Because if you're only working with one author, you have to wait for their next book to come out. But if you're working with a, something like um, the Metal of Magic publishing system, you've got multiple authors all generating content within the same universe. Yeah, I think Justin was a big fan of Star Wars as well, and they have a lot of novels mm-hmm. that are similar to the Star Trek ones, so I can see where the ideas come from. But I love it. I think it's a great idea. And then when once like I think probably about a year ago, um, there was someone who was just writing their new novel and wanted to integrate it with mine. So we had to sit down together and try and work out how we can weave things into place and that was really fun so i'm still involved even though that book's out and it's done like are you ever going to write again for that that publisher for that world or are you focusing on original separate content now at the moment i'm writing other stuff but i've got an idea for a sequel for that novel so i might follow that one up but it, it I don't know if you've finished it, but it does quite uh, tie together uh, quite nicely at the end and it, it can be left as a standalone. And I am tempted to do that because you don't see many standalone fantasy novels. I don't know what, what you guys think about that. Yeah, but you never really see many. It's funny because I I love fantasy novels and I love like getting immersed in a world. But I think as I get older, I just don't have the time to read a series and I don't want to start in the middle of it and have to catch up. And if it's too complex, my brain's like, no, and it just shuts off. So I feel like it's, it's, it's a lot to ask of a reader. And I think maybe that's why I write the way I write, where I'm not asking too much of the reader. But some people like complex, so you never know. What about you, Tom? No, I, that's exactly the reason I like those kinds of series. And your series, obviously, I'm, I've read and read three, four, four books now? I'm off track. Um, <laughs> uh, is that you, you jump into a world where you already know kind of the, the, the rules of the, of the world, so to speak, and then you kind of meet new characters along the way and some old ones. So it's, it's very comfortable. Do, uh, um, <laughs> I feel like I'm talking to Roshni now. Richie, um, I was going to ask you do, you, do you still write short fiction or do you mostly working on novels now? Yeah, I do love writing short fiction. I'm actually writing, I don't know how to describe it because it's probably a novella length, but it's also a bit of a short story anthology. <laughs> so it's uh, it's basically eight short stories that tell one story. Okay. And oh, cool. I've been describing it as like a, a bit of a relay race. So each story will get up to a point and then that character will interact with the, the character of the the next story and uh-huh. then the next story passes on so that and it just tells um this what happens on this one day and mm. um, from eight different perspectives um how yeah. would you publish that would you publish that as a novella then i don't even know yeah <laughs> <laughs> i have um I, I don't think i was chatting to um a writer friend karen hewler and she's a lot more successful than me. And she was saying she has written something quite similar and she's been trying to get it published with her agent and no one is, is going for it. So I don't think, to be honest, when I started writing it, I was like, I just want to write a story for me now. And that's what it is. So I don't really, I think I'm just going to self-publish it and just, just give it away to people for free. 
Um, just as like a reader magnet. That's nice of you. Um, you had one stor- short story adapted for BBC Radio. How did how did that come about, and and uh, what was that process like? Oh yeah, so um, probably a few years ago it was now. I was doing a lot of work um, in like the Liverpool art scene. So there was a charity that was running out. Uh, sorry, that was um, doing an art exhibition in an abandoned uh, department store. And they wanted writers to cover the artwork that was on display. Ah. And I was obviously looking around the, the pieces, trying to get some inspiration. And then I got the idea to write a story that featured it rather than was about individual pieces. And Liverpool's got a massive homelessness problem. Uh, and because this building's abandoned, I was thinking about like people living in here. And then I, I just started writing a story about this homeless guy anyway who was living in here in this abandoned building and th- these artists come in, take over. He's really annoyed. Uh, but starts looking at what they're doing and falls in love with painting essentially starts giving it a go himself and it's it's all about the power of creativity and how it can just spark the life and change your life and um that was how was it adapted for real so yeah i got i got completely sidetracked there so um but it, it went down really well anyway and um bbc picked it up as a um as a story just a written story and they wanted to in, um include it on like a, a radio program just like a, an extract from it so uh, i just had to record a few bits for them and yeah that was that was went out on, on bbc radio and it, that, that was really cool anyway it was quite weird hearing your own voice on the radio but... yeah i don't that like hearing so my cool. own voice on my own podcast <laughs> <laughs> That is so cool. So, Richie, if people want to find you, uh, find your community, find your resources, find Prize Lament, where can they do all that? Yeah, the best place to go is richiebilling.com. Um, links for everything is on there. And you can find me on social media, too. Just search my name. Oh, there's not many other Richie Billing, so you're not likely to get lost. But, um, <laughs> yeah, anything you need, just, just drop me an email as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. This has been amazing. Thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. All right. So, guys, make sure you check out Richie's work online. You can check us out at WG Therapy on Instagram, X now. I think that's what we're going with. And all the other social places and writersgrouptherapy.com online. And we will see you in a few weeks. <laughs>